0: And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Hey,
3: everybody, welcome to a very special Wednesday edition of Movie Crush in which we crush to judgment. Judgment. Judgment.
1: Judgment. 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 On the film Midsommar? <laughs> Midsommar. Midsommar? Midsommar. Is it meant? I think it's an, the spelling implies you should pronounce it like a Swede. Midsommar. Midsommar.
3: Yes. Uh, so, listen, guys, I went and saw this movie last week. Uh, Noel saw it over the weekend. We texted each other. And here's the thing we did not do is tip our hand at all. Neither. Neither of us did. The only thing you said is, I have a feeling we feel the same. And I'm dying to know, Noel. Yeah. uh, Before we get going in earnest, like, just thumbs up or thumbs down. Did you love it or did you like it or did you not like it? I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it okay, but yeah. I didn't love it. See? I was kind of disappointed. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. You're right. We're on the same page. Let's talk about why that is. All right. Well, first of all, this is going to be full of spoilers. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see this movie and you have not, do not listen to this uh, because we got to talk about what happened in it in detail. Um, it is a film, the second film from Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. The follow-up to *Hereditary*, mm-hmm. which both of us really loved. I, I think it's a horror masterpiece. I in do too. ways. Yeah. and I was
1: I, w- th- I had a lot of anticipation for this film, which is probably part of the problem that our hopes and expectations were so high. I don't think that so. it was really okay. Let's 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 get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, a lot of expectation because
3: of *Hereditary* and because of the. I knew that this was a folk horror, right? along the lines of like a wicker man type sure. of thing which I think both of us are way into as well. Totally. Yeah. So it was all there ready to be like loved by me and you. Agreed. So what are your problems with it? And what did you what, what did you
1: like about it? Well, just just, a, just, a just just a quick you know, quick summary. Okay, it, it opens with I thought a really powerful sweeping <clears throat> shot of this uh the main character's name is Danny uh, yeah, and really. her family is is taken from her tragically in a bizarre murder suicide perpetrated Boy, by her sister. I thought that was really effective. It was a very effective sequence because the camera just kind of like Roves through the house, mm-hmm. follows the first responders as they mm-hmm. find, he traces the like lines that the daughter ran of like gas lines, I guess, through the house. Yeah, and carbon this is, this is after
3: the initial setup of like, hey, I, I got a weird email from my sister. Right. She's talking to her boyfriend. Yeah, it's really bad this time. She's right. bipolar. Exactly. So it's uh,
1: it, it's a that's pre-credit, and it's a lot of stuff that goes on. A lot of stuff, and in, you know, and it definitely implies that is the. Spiritual setup for the whole movie is this right. idea of relationships and grief and loss and, in crisis. and family uh-huh. and like like having a family that can be there for you or that isn't there for you that abandons you kind right. of right you know? and also her boyfriend it's set up very early on and in, in the common thread is, right. is that he.
3: He's clearly about to break up with her, He's but now checked he, out. He can't. No, and I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that in real life, where you want to break up with someone and then something bad happens in their personal life. Certainly
1: not murder, suicide <laughs> level bad. bad but but... You're like
3: a grandma dies or something, and then you're kind of stuck there for a minute. Oh yeah, you can't break up with someone when their grandma dies. No.
1: There's a statute of limitations on that, though. I think. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely like it's personal. It's it's, it's up to it's it's a, on a case by case basis. Some people would dump them on grandma at grandma's funeral. That's very him. true. That's something like George Costanza would do. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. <laughs> um, so cool setup, very effective. I mean, again, like hereditary cinematography, production design. Yeah, out of control. The whole points. movie looked great to it's Sounded great. Yeah, his sound design is always killer. Well, it's this guy, the Hexen Cloak, who does his uh, score. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say the Hexen Cloak? The Hexen Cloak—that's what he goes by. (laughs) It's just a guy. He's worked Uh with Bjork before. He's a producer, and he's made some records under the Hexen Cloak. I don't know what his real name is, but um, he did the the score. score, And uh, he usually does more electronic stuff, but on this one, it seems like he really leaned into more string-based scoring. Sure, but yeah. So you know, the setup is like friends. His friends are assholes too, and they're all kind of like passive towards her and don't really treat her with any kind of kindness, except for the one. Swedish friend. Right. Who's all about her. And it's right. like, you should come with us to the midsummer mm-hmm. thing in what Hel- It's my family. It's my family, you know? I lost my and parents, too. I lost my parents, too. In a fire. In a fire. Which will become clear. Yeah, it really does become clear. Um, I don't know. We don't have to g- spoil it note by note, but... No, but that's the setup. And then yeah. they go to Sweden
3: for this uh, week-long, eight-day ritual. Feast of this, kind of thing they describe yeah, it. Yeah, uh, this group of people who call themselves a family. right. And then things go wrong. Here are some of the problems I had with the film. Yeah. Way too long.
1: It was way too long.
3: It was two hours and 20 minutes, and it could have been an hour and 45 minutes. I agree with that. It was overlong by at least 35 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. He, he really, like, I get that he wanted to go into detail with all this stuff, but, like, I feel like a lot of this movie went by without much happening at all. Yeah. Just I mean... ritual and dinner and a meal. And one tiny thing, and
1: another meal, and another ritual. To me, the, I enjoyed the way the rituals were shot, but you're right. A lot of it was sort of, hey, look at me and how cleverly I can shoot these kind of boring things. Uh-huh. There's a lot of great overhead shots where people are like waiting for the leader to sit down, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden everyone sits down and it's this like Those domino effect. Cool. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of
3: really cool shots like that. I thought that, that uh, initial shot when they were pulling in, they were driving in, and where the camera goes upside, upside down, down and then gorgeous right side up again. And mm-hmm. then that great uh, uh, drone shot of, yeah. him, of hiking. And mm-hmm. I thought
1: all that stuff was great.
3: It was really great. This uh, guy's super talented. I, I feel bad bagging on it.
1: Yeah, I mean I think
3: Ari Aster is is really a great talent.
1: Well, we'll we'll get to that, but I mean I'm not going to bag on it exactly. My thing was the story was just really thin. Yeah. And I didn't really first of all like other than Danny who is the uh character you're supposed to empathize with because she's she been great, through all this world and she is fantastic. She uh, was, or, really good. what is her name? Uh Pew, what's her first name? Uh Florence Florence Pew. G H. Yeah. He is obviously very good at directing intense emotional Scenes. Yeah, Ari Aster got was, this like animalistic wailing and yeah. just you know totally pure raw emotion. Very effective. In the same way that he directed uh, uh, Tony Collette so mm-hmm. well in Hereditary. Yeah. Um, but basically, at the end of the day, it's a run of the mill cult kind of story. There's mm-hmm. really there wasn't any, It didn't really bring anything new to the table for at two all.
3: hours and twenty minutes. Not a lot happens. No. It's it's amazing. I think you could have, as much as I like a good. Trip scene.
1: Yeah. And the mushroom trip scene was very realistic. I agree. Why was it there? They didn't need any of that. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. I think that was sort of to establish where she was mentally because um, neither to, uh, neither, neither to, I mean. here, here, let me, let me, let me say this, neither to confirm nor deny that I have uh, partaken in such <laughs> things, but your mind largely dictates whether you have a good time or a bad time. What's going sure. on? What's on your mind? And she started off like, enjoying it mm-hmm. and feeling one with the earth and everything where she sees like the grass growing out of her hands. Yeah, that was but really cool. But then somebody says the word family yeah. and all of a sudden her mind just kind of like recoils in horror and she has this total freak where She runs through the woods Yeah, and it's sort of like it's I think it's meant to be telling you what her psychological state is as she progresses throughout the film. I don't think you needed it. Okay. I, I, I think after
3: that opening setup, it's really super clear where her psychological places. But
1: she's she has to get to such an extreme place yeah. in the course of the film sure. which again I still didn't think was entirely earned the way she ended up at the end uh-huh. being totally acclimated as a as a cultist basically yeah, you yeah. know like I didn't quite see what m- mental break happened in her to go from a to mm-hmm. x like that you know yeah, that was yeah. that was an issue that I had um, One of my other problems was the the guy who
3: played her boyfriend, Christian, um, Jack Rayner. I don't think he was very good. No. And that
1: really, like, affected my take on the film, I think. But he was also, like, there was nothing redeeming about that dude. I mean, very little. You know, no. he, was, he was a thoughtless boyfriend. He was very clearly in it for himself, staying with her out of guilt yeah. and kind of, like, you know, not wanting to be the bad guy, but very clearly having a wandering eye and not being sure. there for her. Uh, I think the most interesting and compelling part of the movie for me was the way it kind of dissected that relationship dynamics. Mm -hmm. I kind of enjoyed that. Well, that's what he says the movie's about, you know. It's like uh, a relationship gone bad, Mm -hmm.
3: and then you're put in this most extreme circumstance.
1: Yeah. So My point is, though, the extreme circumstance almost seemed silly and ridiculous. I thought the more human, grounded moments were pretty affecting, where there's a part where the Swedish character is asking her... Like, does he feel, like, home to you? Like, do you feel held by yeah, him and all yeah, this stuff? Yeah, that was this, good. This idea of, like, why are you with somebody? Uh-huh. Is it just out of, like, it's because it's easy? Habit. It, yeah, out of habit. You know, they've been together for, like, four years, and he hasn't even considered asking her to marry him and mm-hmm. stuff, and or asking her to, yeah, asking her to marry him. And I thought that was real. I thought that was very well written and yeah. very, like, accurate. But then it tries to devolve that into this psycho, you know, like, acid trip thing that just didn't quite work for me it was thin i'll tell you why it didn't work for me too. what happened in the end there is an amazing sequence about midway through the movie where the old the the elderly the members old, we should, we the we're clan, the yeah, suicide scene they do a ritual suicide that was really fucked up and kind of great yeah but then it's like how do you top that i know and that wasn't even a moment that was like a, like, like they were okay with showing outsiders that. thing. Yeah. It was literally like, this is just our culture. It's what we do. Yeah. And people freak out, but it wasn't like, oh, God, there's some culty shit going on here. It was like, oh, this is just like a, you know, off the off the grid kind of like, you know, community that does this weird cultural thing. Yeah, which is interesting to p-
3: unpack because, uh, it, especially in today's age, as far as uh, placing judgment on another culture's traditions, mm-hmm. like – and the the two uh, the two leads the boyfriend and then uh, the uh, the other the British guy. couple too or well, well the British couple freaked out yeah. but I'm talking about the other anthropo- anthropology student I guess. yeah that they were? I
1: can't remember his name but he was in uh, the Good Place he plays Chidi in the Good Place
3: so they were all took a very academic approach to exactly. it which I thought was pretty interesting and I haven't seen that much in movies
1: but how fucked up was it that that he knew what it was going to be the yeah, swedish friend knew anything. and they didn't say anything to danny who had just gone through this tragic murder suicide yeah, thing he might have been
3: like hey listen you probably shouldn't go to this you should sit this one out yeah yeah you're right that was very <laughs> out of character and very bizarre cuz he was kind of a nicest guy he was like a nice was, i mean you know
1: he ends up being a crazy cultist in the end but like yeah he was kind of like the I also thought the the two those two guys their that whole sort of weird subplot they started about the
3: academic competition very strange
1: it really didn't go anywhere didn't go anywhere and it was like yeah no you're right it didn't it, it, it was a device to get to the place where he snuck in and took pictures of that bible thing and that's a bad way to do it was a very movie. bad way because he was so desperate to get an edge over his opponent or whatever yeah. that he did some kind of shady shit where he maybe normally wouldn't have done that yeah that didn't quite work for me it didn't work for me As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers,
3: and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
0: Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. It's molecular, you know. Listen to the bright side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but same old. Us. <laughs> And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. right. Right, right, right.
3: That ritual suicide scene was really effective. It was very effective. And I really appreciated the sound design. You know, like usually in a movie like that, they just overdo the... I mean, this is kind of gross, but the sound of the body splat. Right. And this one was so real. Yeah. And, like, it
1: sounded like what someone would sound like, like landing on dirt. And it, like, bounced, you Yeah. Know? Oh, my God. Yeah. Because the, the, there's two so of them, and th- the woman does it, and she falls right on her face, and then immediately bounces up. And it's not shown from up close. It's no. shown from, But it shows you that there's just nothing there. Nothing there. there. There's yeah. just, like, a strawberry jam swirl kind of situation. Yeah, so the right man leaps on. leg first. Yeah. And just he fucks up his uh, approach, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he did not that, get the 10. And then know? gets the uh, the old giant hammer to the face and uh, the furthering of the ritual. They're right. And that was a close up that shows the smash of the face. And then they show it again later in reverse.
3: It was a little gratuitous. A
1: that was a little gratuitous. You yeah. know? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. And I then, agree.
3: Uh, like, I don't know. It just felt like a, there was a big, long lull in the middle of this
1: movie where not a lot happened. Mm hmm um he could have sped it up a little it it's like again it felt like he was trying to show her being indoctrinated but, but it she didn't click though. yeah it didn't click she she looks through the keyhole and sees her boyfriend having this weird ritualistic sex with like the yeah. the young fertile maid or whatever uh-huh. so like you know they have a thing where they have uh, they have to bring in outsiders to make the bloodline not be inbred. incestuous. Too, incestuous, yeah. exactly. So they drug her boyfriend and make, you know, he has sex with this young woman on like a bed of flowers while all these naked cultists kind of like parade around, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, grunt and stuff. I thought that was a kind of a cool scene. It was a cool scene. Here's the thing with with my viewing. There was a couple in front of me that clearly was either just, like, bashful or awkwardly laughing. And they were laughing that whole scene. It ruined it for me. Because oh, there was, like, you know, when you when someone's laughing out loud at something, you can't help but think it's a little funny, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it totally skewed my perception of that <laughs> sequence. Well, I thought that sequence was pretty cool.
3: There were a lot of things I liked about this movie. Same. Same. But like, the, the again, with the sound design, when they were all um, ritually kind of moaning mm-hmm. with her in mm-hmm. sync— and then that was paired with outside the building when when Danny right. was reacting at reacting and screaming. And right. they all started screaming with her in yes. sync.
1: And it was like this pulsating sound. Like, that was really, really awesome. That was really awesome. And when I was getting to, bringing up the looking through the keyhole and seeing this, right. that was like the linchpin that's, that, like, you know, the, the argument would be that's the moment where she turned fully right. to the cult sure, side sure. or whatever. Because then she... I mean, she has the appearance of being like really drugged up, kind of too. Well, she is. They they all drank that stuff, you know. Yeah, but that was like a while ago, and it didn't seem like it. Seemed like she was doing just fine, just dancing around the maypole and stuff. Who knows? Maybe that's maybe that's it's some kind of magic secret. I think she was drugged record. up that whole
3: time. Yeah, that's no, I think the implication. So, too.
1: so the question is this: It ends with her. Picking her boyfriend to be the sacrifice, and they <laughs> sew him up into like a fucking bear. The bear, the, the the obligatory bear. No, no, I'm sorry. Like the bear that was like, what's the bear about? Right, and right, They, right, they sure. sew him up what into the bear. The bear's about? And there's this like, you know, this uh, yellow temple thing mm-hmm. they clearly have built mm-hmm. for the purposes of filling it with ritual sacrifices and then burning it. Yeah, one of the friends had already
3: been taken and killed and skinned. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he quite pulled off. When the uh, the other student sneaks in and gets the book and he gets
1: uh, killed, mm-hmm. I didn't fully get that that guy was wearing Josh's face. I did. You did. I had to. I had to. I had to confirm it with a friend though because it has. I've seen that in other films. The face looked very puffy and like you could see other eyes behind the eyes, kind of. You know. Yeah, I just didn't recognize it as Josh. I guess. It just because he well, he's already got kind of a, a a little bit of an odd look and then that made it even more strange. <laughs> what, to you know? Peel it off his skull. <laughs> no, no. What's his face? Uh, the, the the kid who was in Bandersnatch. Um, I remember Will Poulter. I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of got like a little bit of a cartoony kind of look. Sure. You know, to him, so I almost for a second wasn't like, wait a minute, is he just on drugs and that's why his face is all slacked up like that? Or wait, oh no, maybe I think that's his face on somebody else. Yeah, but, yeah. I didn't quite. I didn't quite get that. And then they showed. I figured that's who it was. Then they but. show him later, where his he's got the little jester hat on at the end. He's in a wheelbarrow. That was him again. Uh, uh right, right, right. But he was like shrunken. So like it was like. Well, his I think face everyone
3: was was, was, was disemboweled. Yeah. like they were stuffed with hay. Right. Yeah, it seems like that. That's right. and it was just sort of skin because when they were putting them in the room, they, was, they, they were, were they're all floppy. Yeah, they weighed yeah, like nothing. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then I mean I thought the I don't know man the 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 setup for the twist but it really isn't a twist that was kind of the problem the
1: twist being that she picks her boyfriend yeah
3: and they needed two outsiders two volunteers uh and and then one to be chosen by you
1: or how it was set up like
3: i kind of get that but it's i don't know man that's your whole movie
1: (laughs) no I, i agree and also like wasn't it kind of just coincidence that she ended up going along like it made it seem oh, totally. like it made it seem like it was like the 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 plan or something, but it didn't seem like there was any way they could have influenced yeah, that to happen. Like, maybe it would have been better if if the, the, the murder Swede... suicide. What if the murder suicide had been somehow connected to the cult from? Well, the beginning? right,
3: like the Swedish guy planted that, like maybe did the murder suicide to get her over there, mm-hmm. and like you saw no behind the scenes like. Him trying to get her there. No, nothing. Uh, it all
1: seemed very. Uh, but was circumstantial. she necessary to be there? I guess they needed all the outsiders, though, right? Well, the, she she was just a bonus, kind of, right? Right. But then he gets all excited about it. But it's almost like she's he the just. Queen. It almost just the like Queen. occurred to him, like, oh shit, this is kind of a cool idea. Let's roll with this. But it definitely yeah. didn't seem like there was any like methodical planning that led to any of the stuff that went down. Yeah, you know? I don't know. There wasn't enough stuff with the elders either. Like,
3: um. The elders of the camp had kept waiting to have a bigger role. Yeah. And they would just kind of come through every now and then and say something. Right. Like, what happened for two hours and 20 minutes? It's a I, long-ass movie. I
1: know. That's, that's why. Like, it's, it's, we've, been, we've been at this for 18 minutes, uh, and we've pretty much summed up the movie, I would say. Yeah. Or at least the big beats. All the stuff in between, there's a lot of dancing, there's a lot of singing, a lot of weird kind of pageantry. Which, like, the, the British couple disappears. Yeah. So that happened. And then there's a the whole thing where it's, like, they have to explain away why these people are disappearing, and they do it pretty poorly. Yeah. But yet everyone's kind of, like, fine with it, you know? Like, I know. It was... They were, it was clunky. The, it, people didn't behave like people behave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing you're is, right. what this movie was trying to be was a smarter version of like this, yeah. you know, murder fodder where the dumb teenagers just get murdered all the time because they're stupid. Yeah. This was trying to be smarter than that, but it didn't quite hit the mark, you know? I think you're right, man. Yeah. That may have been one of my
3: underlying issues is like when Connie and uh, the, the two Brits, when they disappear, like she mentions it. And then it's just sort of like, yeah, they, you know, they left, I guess. Yeah. What a dick. (laughs) Yeah. No, big time. Yeah. And why didn't, why didn't she, why didn't any of them leave?
1: Right. They could have just left.
3: There was no, like, none of it felt threatening, like that they were
1: uh, trapped, you know? Well, I mean, it, it, it became very clear, too, that these cultists or whatever, they didn't, like, have, like, guns or anything like no all they had was like magic mushrooms and hammers and you know. i mean i think like, that was maybe the point it was the point yeah for i sure. appreciated that
3: it was a, a movie that was um took place mostly in daylight
1: that was fun which is a nice little spin on the sure. horror but yeah. i also wasn't b- very scared during much of it i i did not find it scary at all in fact i i had a couple of friends that i was trying to get to go with me and they were like both of these folks are anti-horror movie so like no way i'm not going the, the trailer says it's terrifying in all caps mm-hmm. you know I, f- I mean, but yet they're into stuff like Game of Thrones. So to me, this was almost more like a weird ritualistic fantasy kind of fairy tale thing than it was like a proper horror. Well, there's think, no t- jump scares. It, sure, there's, you know,
3: I think it was supposed to be sort of a fairy tale. I mean, it definitely like uh, leaned into the Grimm Brothers sort of feel. Love that. Loved that um, aspect of it. But there were also a lot of hand, like ham-fisted, sort of really obvious, like foreshadowing. You know, like at the beginning with her apartment, those posters on the wall, right? Of the of, bear, yeah, the little and the girl princess. kissing the bear, yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the fucked up, like cannibalistic orgy
1: on the other side of the right, wall, or whatever that's right, that was. That's right. It was I mean, it's kind
3: of like, come on, man, like you're better than that. Well, I
1: agree. And, and, and in Hereditary, I thought he used that iconography stuff much more subtly. Yeah. Because he saw it like in the one book or you right. saw some symbols uh, that appeared a couple of times, you know, the yeah. the, the, the Paymon symbol or whatever. In uh-huh. this one, he like took that and like, you know, times X10, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it's all over the place. It is kind of fun. If you look at the images, the pictograms or whatever, You can see little pieces of all the stuff that happens in the movie. Well, yeah, and apparently that
3: opening image is the entire film. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if you were on time, but... I was. The movie opens with just a big picture, and that's the entire film
1: kind of played out. No wonder we were able to describe (laughs) it in 15 minutes. (laughs) Hey,
0: fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I did like all the pictograms. No, it's a, was, yeah, and, and the sets, like the interior of Beautiful. the bunk room. Beautiful.
1: It's really nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the guy is has got an eye for framing, you know, and, and an eye for, yeah. like, detail and stuff. I mean, I really like that part of it a lot. I just didn't find myself that disturbed. Not like I'm looking to go to a movie to be disturbed, but well, I think you are in this case. I felt like it was going to pack more of a punch than it ultimately did. Hereditary yeah. like I, it stayed with me for yeah. a while. This me one too. this one didn't really. Didn't stay
3: with me. And I thought the end with the uh the final big reveal of what happened to um the British guy mm-hmm. was that he had been splayed open right. and hung upside down but still was alive because remember his lungs were inflating and deflating oh I did not notice that yeah his lungs were outside of his body like on his back like wings and they were inflating and deflating oh god he I did not that, noticed like that <gasps> oh um so how does that happen a yeah. but B, like it just felt sort of like and with the ritual suicide how gratuitous it got with the hammer like a little bit of a cheap just like oh watch how fucked up like I'm gonna make this so fucked up yeah and not like well what what story are you trying to tell not like how fucked up I'm gonna make this
1: death scene. Right. Or this like disembowelment. Right. Well, that's lazy. I also found the splayed display. Shit like that usually creeps me out. Yeah, that one didn't creep me out. Didn't creep me out. I thought it was kind of silly looking. Me too. Yeah. Didn't didn't creep me out. I don't and, and it's I don't know. No you know, I have a thing too. I saw this with Casey Pegram. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, he what did Casey. Think he we were kind of on the same page about it. We yeah. we talked about it immediately after. We we haven't like revisited it. I've mm-hmm. had a little bit of time to th- sit with it, but he liked the the the, the beauty of it. He loves hereditary. He, this is we both agreed that was a much better film. Mm-hmm. But um, we like we both liked the relationshipy dialogue stuff a lot mm-hmm. actually, but we didn't find it particularly scary. Um, and it didn't feel like
3: revenge at the end when she. Assigns her boyfriend to death. Yeah, because like,
1: like what? Because he was like mean not into her. Yeah, he was. He wasn't like abusive. I mean, he was just kind of a schmuck. Yeah, you know, he but, was just like. like and, and couldn't she have broken
3: up with him? Like, sure. I mean, you you get. And I do like the realism of someone staying in a toxic relationship for wrong reasons. Right. Like that's all
1: valid, but I don't know, man. It just didn't feel like. Oh, she got him in the end, but. Okay, I mean, again, I don't want to sound like an apologist for asshole men. It wasn't that toxic. He was just kind of a bad, unattentive boyfriend.
3: Yeah, it, he wasn't it, it hateful feel like it, it run to her. Course.
1: Yeah, he wasn't like terrible to her exactly. Yeah, he just didn't really give her the. Uh, yeah, the stakes weren't p- correct. Yeah, it didn't feel. It would feel like out of whack, out it, of sync. It was know?
3: out of whack. Um, I, my I'm glad theory you felt this way. I thought you were going to come in here and loved it. And I no, have been like,
1: oh, boy. no, no. My my theory too is like it came out absurdly quickly on the tale of hereditary
3: oh that's true you know and
1: he didn't this was not
3: his original idea oh really yeah he was approached and said how about a movie about uh, this swedish cult ritual Uh in sweden and at first apparently he said no and then he was like actually let me think about this Uh i could do it in this such a way and
1: so that's always a little weird when like a studio says hey why don't you do this Mm mm-hmm yeah, I wonder if there is something to the fact that it just came out so crazy quickly and maybe they had no way of knowing that hereditary was gonna be such a smash and then it's like, Okay, kid, we gotta get you another picture out, right? You know? Maybe. As soon as possible. I got um, the script on my desk. I got the script on my desk. <laughs> it's called
3: midsummer. Wow. And he went, Hmm, but what if it's spelled with an O and two M's Yeah, like the Vivavich <laughs> You know? <laughs> or I guess it would be an O and an A. There are two M's in summer.
1: Um Are we is it thumb time? What do you think? You got anything else?
3: Well, what do we do? One out of five thumbs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let me give this, do you know your thumb? I'm a solid two thumbs on this one. 2.5 maybe. I think I'm going to go to two and a half thumbs just for the, I did like a lot of it. It it doesn't sound like it (laughs) listening to this. No, no, no. But there were a lot of things I did like. It was just a little off. Yeah. Something about it, it didn't quite click. And I think I'm disappointed because it it could and should have been great. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, in, in the end, I kept waiting for some bigger, not even twists, but like everything that happens is sort of like, oh yeah, well that's what I thought was going to happen.
1: Well, one thing I will say is I I really thought that the cult people initially seemed really nice and and interesting and mm-hmm. like care, caring, and ultimately what. You could argue what brought her into this situation is that they were so attentive to Mm -hmm. her and caring towards her and made her feel like family that she didn't have. Mm -hmm. I thought it would have been good to do more flashbacks or any flashbacks to her with her parents Mm -hmm. and her with her sister. I thought that was a squandered storyline. Yeah. All they ever did was do sc- scary, creepy flashbacks where it's like, oh, there they are dead. Yeah. I would, it would have been more impactful to see them alive or right. to see what her sister was like yeah. or to have connected that storyline back to the, the, yeah. the, the death cult. Why didn't they do that? I just don't, you know. Yeah.
3: yeah, they Wouldn't s- have been that hard. I know, and I felt like you could have cut 20 minutes out of these rituals, still gotten that point across. I had a 20 minutes of story. Yeah, or 10 minutes a story, right. or, you know, just, I don't know, it was just slightly
1: off. Yep. It's getting decent reviews. It is. I mean, it's it's clocking a solid 90, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, those are just dumb people. Well, that's fair. <laughs> what do movie critics think? They're the
3: only thing that matters.
1: <laughs> What's uh, the audience score? You ever, that's the big tell. If you look at the critic score versus the audience score. Oh, I don't even know. Let's see. Is Rotten Tomatoes do
3: filter? Do. I thought yeah. that
1: Metacritic was the critic. They, they, they both do. Oh, okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see. So Midsommar is sitting at eighty three percent. So not not a ninety. Oh, interesting. All and right. well, the audience right. score is sixty two percent versus the critic score, which is eighty three percent. Interesting. Critics liked it more, huh? Yeah, and that's two hundred and thirty critic reviews and two thousand fifty one audience reviews. So, uh, not the best audience score considering how many i mean
3: i've seen things in the reviews like there's nothing else like it in the movies
1: like well but
3: there kind of has been (laughs) this is not the newest ground you know it it did
1: is a is a subgenre it did do a nice little twist on that genre a bit but not enough i thought it needed you know what i'm saying like i felt like everything happened just the way you would have expected it to happen of course the cult people are actually bad yeah. Of course, everyone's gonna get murdered ritualistically. Of course, that's what's gonna happen, and it totally happened. Yeah, there were never.
3: I was never surprised. No. I think that was one of the problems. Whereas hereditary, I never knew what was gonna happen next. No, never. And this, like everything that happened next, was the, exactly what I thought was gonna happen
1: next. Yeah. And there was no supernatural element at all, which no. I was a little disappointed. Maybe you know, he could argue, oh, I, that's that makes it more cool. But it would have been fun if there was some kind of supernatural element. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to give it two and a half though because I thought
3: I thought Florence Pugh was really really great. Is she
1: in anything else?
3: Uh, I'm not sure her background. I don't, I I don't know she, her. Maybe she's, she's fantastic though. Uh, I think she's pretty new. Uh, let me see. English actress, um, independent. Oh, interest, interesting. She played Lady Macbeth. Yeah, she's got the goods for sure. She's only 23 years old. But aside from that, it was kind of run of the mill. I was disappointed. Agreed. All right, two and a half thumbs each. Two and a half thumbs, five total thumbs. <laughs> so between the two of us, it's a hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks, Noah. Enjoy yeah. that. No, it's good. It's good to uh, crush it out on
1: something again. It's, it's interesting though. I feel like we've hung out doing this enough that we kind of know each other's tastes. Sure. I, I, I felt like we were going to be like pretty much dead on about this. We were, man. Mm-hmm. Look at us. We're like the same person. It's very true. All right. Well, thanks,
3: everyone. Uh, I'd love to hear back from you. Maybe we'll open up the thread on the Facebook page on Midsummer and uh, see what you thought about it. I certainly, I certainly would recommend that you see it because tastes are different, and there was enough to like here. I didn't feel like I wasted my time at the movies. You didn't feel that way, did you? Like that was a big waste of time. No,
1: no, no, no. Oh, by the way, I know we're wrapping really quick. I had a double feature day oh. yesterday. What else? I saw this. In the morning-ish, kind of like around noon, I met Casey for lunch, okay. early lunch at 11. And we went and saw the movie. And then I saw this movie Echo in the Canyon. It's a oh, documentary. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Oh, the Laurel Canyon documentary. You know why I didn't like it? Because wasn't it Jacob Dylan? fucking Jacob Dylan, man? They, <laughs> he covers all the songs, and he's got some amazing backing players like oh. Cat Power and like. Did so he directed in it. it? Right? I don't know if he directed it. Maybe he did, but so he so he covers all these songs in the film as part of like a concert movie. Oh God! It's really self indulgent, and it's 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 not only that. It's like him in the studio, and it's just very self aggrandizing of Jacob Dylan. And he has the most dull singing delivery like ever of all time. Uh, so that really turned me off about it. But all the interviews and stuff, like, it's got, like, interview with what, I forget the name of the really beautiful, uh, singer from the Mamas and the Papas. the one uh, The sure. middle one. Michelle, uh. I, I think, I can't remember her Michelle. Name. No idea. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, she's in it, and, like, Tom Petty's in it, and, uh, you know, Crosby, and Stills, Neil Young, uh, not in it. Um. He wasn't? No. But, it was really good, that part, but then, every time it would go to, dylan jacob dylan covering these songs i would just like r- eye roll and like tune out yeah that's what i would do and they would play the whole song so you saw that after midsummer it was a good palate cleanser i'll tell you
3: that much <laughs> michelle uh, phillips that is correct mm-hmm. all right so uh yeah let's get something going on the facebook page i want to hear what you guys think of midsummer and hell chime in on uh, echo in the canyon as well and let's all just get together and bash jacob dylan together shall we let's do it all right goodbye everyone
1: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them.